there, everyone, and welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news stories and highlights. My name is Luke, and I'm your host, as always. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Games Are Fun. This is your first time checking out the podcast. Thank you very much for coming by. Welcome. You can catch Games Are Fun every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time, and it's available on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, and SoundCloud. If you enjoy the show, wherever you're listening to it on, make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. Every time you guys subscribe, that really helps support the show and motivates me to create the best content for you guys each and every week. In today's show, we're going to talk about a couple different things. The first thing I'm going to be talking about is my impressions on Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. The beta dropped last week. I've played about two and a half hours of the game. And so I wanted to give kind of just my initial impressions and thoughts on what I've played so far and also kind of give what I think, where, what direction Red Dead Redemption 2 Online is going to go. Is it going to blow up and be as big as Grand Theft Auto V? Well, it's hard to say, but I'm going to be talking about that today. And then lastly, I'm going to be talking about my predictions for announcements at the Game Awards 2018. So... Every year, uh, if you're if you're familiar with the Game Awards, you know that every year, in addition to announcing the winners in each category, we also get major news and announcements at the Game Awards. So in years past, we've had things like brand new games announced that no one knew were in development. We also get brand new trailers for games that are already announced, but we get to see new looks at them. And sometimes we also get release dates on games that were we're aware are in development and and on the horizon and so i'm going to give my predictions on what we're going to see by the time you're listening to this this airs tuesday the game awards are this thursday and so you know there's a couple a couple days before if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out that we i'm sure there are gonna be even more rumors and leaks that leak in the two days before but I'm really excited, and you can expect that uh, next week's episode, I'm going to be talking about the Game Awards and how I how I thought they went down and, and talk about any major announcements that happened. So I'm going to be talking about what I think is going to be shown there. And then, of course, I'm also going to talk about what I would love to see at the Game Awards. And those are more of the things that are probably not going to happen, but it's just fun to dream and stuff. So that's what the show looks like this week. But before we get to talking about those two things... I wanted to talk about a couple things that are going on with with me and creating content. So when I started this podcast back in at the end of May, I decided that I wanted to isolate my content to one platform, and that was doing a podcast. I wanted to just do a podcast and see where that took me. And as I kind of started doing the podcast a couple months in, I finally got the a, a capture card that allowed me to stream on Twitch, and so I live stream games occasionally. But the next thing I wanted to do, once I kind of had myself established and felt comfortable in talking about video games and and that kind of stuff, I decided that I wanted to create a YouTube channel, and I wanted to highlight certain video game things on that YouTube channel. So. If you are familiar with the show, each week I kind of pull news stories or, you know, personal stories from video games and talk about them on the show. So usually it's like today, it's we got 
well, today's not really news, but um, we kind of have my opinions on certain things. And in previous shows, I, I talk about news stories that drop and kind of give my thoughts and impressions on that. And so what I wanted to do for this YouTube channel is take certain segments that I kind of isolate, isolate them and create them into YouTube videos. And so I did that by already dropping the first video on my channel. Of course, my channel's Games Are Fun. Uh, you can search Games Are Fun on YouTube and you should find it or you can head over to Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You'll be able to find the link to my YouTube channel that way. And I dropped my first YouTube video over over there and basically it's three Nintendo Switch games you need to play. So I thought this was a great video to start off with, kind of like a sample size of what you can expect this channel and what kind of content it's going to offer. And so basically it's going to be kind of my thoughts and opinions on certain topics. Um, this week it was three, I wanted to highlight three Nintendo Switch games that may have been overlooked. There's so many games on the eShop and it's really hard to find recommendations for games. Of course, everyone recommends the AAA titles, the big games like Zelda and Mario. But if you're looking for kind of like an indie game, that's what this video was for, is kind of just like, here's three games that are available to download right now. They're, they're fairly inexpensive. And here's what they are and what they do that's great. So that's kind of what my first video was. I would really appreciate it if you could head over onto YouTube, give it a watch. It's only about five minutes long. And I would love to hear some feedback on what you think of the show. I It's more structured than my podcast. My podcast, I kind of just freely talk and, you know, talk about things on the fly and thoughts come in and out as, as I talk. This was something that I recorded a gameplay for, I wrote a script for, and I read the script over the gameplay. And that's kind of the content I want to do for my YouTube channel. So it would be greatly appreciated if you could go over there and watch it, maybe share it, subscribe to the channel, and I really hope to grow on that platform as well. So you can expect more announcements about my YouTube channel in the coming weeks. I'll give you the tease now that, well, because you guys come each week and listen to the show in podcast form, I'm giving you my impressions on Red Dead Redemption 2. That's actually going to be the next video. I've captured a lot of gameplay about my first couple hours in Red Dead Online. And so I'm going to be doing a YouTube video on that. So that that's just kind of to get you guys the what I'm going to be doing on this YouTube channel and stuff. I have lots of ideas that I want to keep to myself because I, I don't want to get too excited and announce them uh, too early and not and then I end up not committing to actually getting them done. I'll save that for their for later announcements, but just expect to see more content over on YouTube. And it all it's also a great way. I know that podcasts are long. Um, my show ranges anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. And I know that we're all busy and you don't necessarily have the time in a week to to listen to a show that long. And so this is a great way for you to still get your kind of weekly dose of games are fun and kind of get my impressions on games or get my thoughts around certain topics topics and YouTube's just a really great platform to do that on. So that's what's on the horizon for me and games are fun and I hope to share with you guys more announcements uh as they come up. So that's really exciting. But enough of that. I've talked enough about YouTube and plugged my, my channel enough. Let's talk about kind of the topics for the show this week. So Red Dead Redemption 2 online beta kicked off last week. It actually kicked off 
shortly after my episode aired. If I would have waited a little longer to record my episode, I actually could have included that in last week's episode and give you all the details around it. But because we're all well aware that Red Dead Redemption 2 Online beta is is out for everyone now. It's available to everyone. It was limited to certain people who bought the Ultimate Edition or people who played it on the day it came out and so on and so forth. It's available to everybody. Anyone can play it. It's in beta. And so that's the first thing I kind of wanted to talk about. So Rockstar's last game, Grand Theft Auto V, one of the most successful video games, if not pieces of entertainment out there, had a bit of a rocky start when it came to launching Grand Theft Auto Online. So when Grand Theft Auto V dropped on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, it did not release with the online service. So basically for the first couple months or however long it was, people only got to play, you know, this the main campaign, the single player story for Grand Theft Auto V. Then when basically they they made the announcement that Grand Theft Auto V Online was coming out and then it dropped. And like a lot of games that are, you know, of a popular franchise, when a game drops online, it's really difficult for servers to keep up with the demand of people trying to join games, right? When I, I tried to jump in on my 360 back in the day and I had absolutely no luck. I could not get into Grand Theft Auto Online to even create my character, like to even get into the the initial like prologue to kind of the story behind Grand Theft Auto V Online. And it took, it took a long time before it actually got to that point. And so what Rockstar's done now is it's great because they, they've done it as a beta. I think it's pretty much a full-fledged online. This is basically what you're going to expect when it comes online. But with beta and allowing X amount of people to join in on the service um, each day, you know, on the first day they had Ultimate Edition owners able to join the online beta. Then on the second day they had players who just had the standard edition but played it on the first day it came out and I think a, a day or two after that and then the day after a couple days that after that or maybe one day after that they had everyone else who owned Red Dead Redemption 2 to have access to that online beta. So I think that was really smart because they structured in a way of kind of having waves of people joining in on the online so that was easier on the servers and by titling it beta it also helps them you know, get feedback from the player base, right? Betas are run so that they have the players playing what the game is going to look like and how it's going to play. And it also provides an opportunity for feedback from the players. They can report bugs, they can report glitches, they can report things that don't work out. And then Rockstar can take that time to, you know, amend things and change certain things of the game to make it an overall better experience for the player. So I thought it was really smart, the rollout of this. It um, it actually came out a lot sooner. We're looking at about a month from the release of the game. And so I was quite surprised that it released this early. I thought it would at least be maybe into next year. They said it was going to be at the end of November and they they stuck a, they stayed to that promise and and released it. So I was really happy to see. So let's talk about kind of what it looks like now. So basically, when you join in on 
the game, like Grand Theft Auto V, you have your character customization. And the character customization is really sweet. Uh, if you have not checked it out already, I really, well, you know what? Actually, don't go check it out on YouTube. Maybe wait for my video to drop and then go check it out on my channel. That's the smart thing to do. Basically, they have the character customization, which allows you to choose between a female and male, and you get to create your own character for Red Dead Online. And the, the customization options are really great because you're dealing with people from 1899. So they have things like picking your teeth and the, the options for the teeth are like all these kind of rotten looking teeth. You can get guys with guys or girls with, you know, two teeth in the top and four in the bottom, or you can actually get one called gummy that <laughs> makes your character have no teeth. Um, you can make your character looks really, really hick and redneck with, uh, you know, goofy, goofy features and stuff like that. Um, you can add scars, you can add, you can just make them look however you want. And so that was really sweet, uh, a, a great starting point because the, the customization options were not, you know, super basic, choose three heads, choose from four hairstyles and five skin tones and, and whatnot. It was like, there's there's a lot more in-depth options in the customization. So I really appreciated that. So once I kind of got my character created to how I wanted, of course, my guy has the long hair um, with the big beard. I think that that's a dope look for a cowboy. And I got my character created. And then basically the story starts off where you're basically arrested and sent to the prison. Um, that's actually you can see in the game in the, in the main single player game. And so... Again, this is a bit of spoilers if for uh, Red Dead Online, if if we can call it spoilers, because believe it or not, just like kind of like Grand Theft Auto V Online, there's like a, there's stories to the online. It's not like you just jump in and play Team Deathmatch in the Red Dead map. There's actually missions that are online that you can. It's basically taking the the format, just like Grand Theft Auto V did, taking the format of the single player game, putting it online to allow you to complete missions with your friends or other players online. And then there's also the option to take place, take part in, you know, online game modes like Team Deathmatch um, or heists and that kind of stuff. So that's really interesting. Um, the game starts off where you're in this prison. And you're being transported on this coach and you actually these two guys while you're you're riding in the cage in the back of the coach these uh gang members or basically stop the coach and free everybody and actually tell you that uh you're the the reason why they broke uh broke everyone out of the cage that they were looking for for you and they take you back to a camp and you you meet this lady and this lady basically tells you that you were you're basically the reason why you're in jail is you were accused of killing somebody and you're on death row so you're just about to to be killed for your crimes um but you actually didn't commit the crime there was somebody else responsible you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time and so this lady i believe Again, don't quote me on this. This is just from one playthrough. I, I could have missed it. But I believe that she was the the wife of the person that was killed in this town. And so she's calling upon you to kind of get your redemption on this, this whole situation and go and kill the guy or find the guy responsible for actually killing this guy. And so that's really sweet that they've kind of set it up as a story and 
you know, I just did the prologue. I haven't actually had an opportunity. It took me like two and a half hours just to finally get through, you know, the customization and all the other extra stuff at the beginning of the game to get to, um, you know, past that prologue. So I'm very early on. I haven't been able to to explore everything that it has to offer, but it's really sweet. It's cool because again, spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 1's map is in Red Dead Redemption 2. And so when you go to Red Dead 1's map, there isn't really a lot to do in that map. It's kind of a an empty world that is available in Red Dead Online. So I think they're gonna utilize that part of the map a lot more. And it's just, it's gonna be really interesting to see where they, they head. There's so many options with, you know, robbing trains or robbing banks or doing some more of the stuff that you did in the main single player campaign, but structuring them in a way of having new stories with some of these side characters that you met in the single player game. It's kind of how they did it in Grand Theft Auto V too. So I'm really excited to see if you're wanting to know more kind of what the online thing looks like. Of course, this is just a brief snippet. I only have two and a half hours of gameplay on it. By the time my YouTube video goes live, I'm gonna have much more opinions on it and much more gameplay showing the, you know, probably the first five, five hours of the game. Um, shortened down into you know a 10-15 minute video. So make sure you head over there if you wanted if you want to continue the conversation and hear what I think of Red Dead Online. So let's go into the next topic. I don't have a segue ready. Uh, the Game Awards 2018 are literally a couple days away, and so I thought it'd be great to just talk about some of those predictions and rumors that are flowing around. Some of these that I'm gonna be talking about are, a lot of them are, are my own personal opinion, but they're also shared by the gaming community as a whole. A lot of these things are games that people are kinda of expecting to have announced at the Game Awards, so that's why I kinda of wanna share them here so you guys can kinda of get a kick out of what's gonna be maybe expected. And then, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm gonna talk about things that I would just love to see you know, shadow dropped at the Game Awards. So, you know, it's really exciting because we kind of get a range of things, right? We get those things where we have a trailer for a game that has not been announced before and no one knew where it was in development. Sometimes they're hits, sometimes they're misses. You know, sometimes we get games, it's like, oh my God, I had no idea this game was happening that's really exciting that it's it's been announced uh last year we got bayonetta 3 announced at the game awards by nintendo that was really sweet that again it was just an announcement it was not anything more than that but it was like hey bayonetta 3 is coming to nintendo switch and also you're going to be able to play bayonetta 1 and 2 on your switch it's coming to the platform later next year and so it's kind of those kind of announcements that i really enjoy because it's it gets you so hyped, right? It's just like at E3 when they make an announcement. Of course, there's way more at E3, but it's just really exciting to end off the year and maybe look forward to, to a game releasing in 2019, right? So what I think is going to happen is, let's start off with Nintendo. So Nintendo announced Metro Prime 4 at, uh, not this past E3, but the E3 before that. They announced Metroid Prime 4 was coming to the Nintendo Switch, and all it was was like a tease. It was an announcement of just showing the Metroid, Metroid Prime 4 logo, and that was it. There wasn't any gameplay or a ballpark of when it was going to be released. It was just that. And so 
I'm really thinking that they're going with the history of Nintendo making some announcements at the Game Awards. I think this would be a really great opportunity for Nintendo to show gameplay or show a little bit more of Metroid Prime 4. I don't know about a release date, maybe a release window, maybe we could we could see like, you know, summer 2019 or fall 2019. Um, I don't expect it any sooner than summer 2019. I really think it could even be a 2020 game, but an update on that would be really great, right? Because, you know, next time, if we don't hear anything by E3 next year, that's going to be two years since the announcement, and we haven't seen anything for it. And when that happens, generally, not always, but it's not a great sign, right? We I can think of so many games that that's happened to, or then the next announcement is the announcement of that game being canceled or put on a hiatus. So let's hope that's not the case. Let's hope we can see a Metroid Prime 4 trailer and maybe a release date. What would be even cooler is having Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3, the trilogy, available on Nintendo Switch. So this is a, an idea that has been shared widely in the community and in the industry. That's something that everybody wants to see on the Nintendo Switch. It makes sense, you know, if you're going to go the route as Bayonetta, like I had said before, Bayonetta 3, you know, it's it's hard to jump in on a series for players that who haven't played the iterations before that. Like myself, I never really had Nintendo consoles. My last Nintendo console before the Switch was the Nintendo 64 and the, the GameCube. Well, I, I had a Wii, but again, I didn't really play like the major games. I didn't have a Wii U. So there's there's games that I missed out um, on because, like I said, I didn't get a GameCube until like recently. And so I, I missed out on the Metroid Prime series. And that would be great because that's a series that I would is totally up my alley and I totally play. And if... 4 came out on the Nintendo Switch, it would be great to be able to go back and play 1, 2, and 3 on my Switch before 4 comes out, right? It makes sense. I think from a sales perspective, it would sell a lot. It would really create and widen the fan base for the Metroid Prime series. It makes sense to me. I'm just, come on, Nintendo, do it already, please. It just, it makes sense, you know? So that's something that I think I would be very surprised if one of those two things did not happen. I'm betting my money that one of those things happens. I will bet, see I have no one to bet against, but I will bet you if next week, if I have to say I was wrong, that's gonna be bad. That that's that looks poorly on me anyway. So that, I think that's punishment enough. I'm so confident that one of two of those things, I don't think two, you know, both, Metroid Prime Trilogy and Metroid Prime 4 are going to be announced at the same time, but hopefully we can we can get one of those. I mean, come on, Nintendo, that's not asking too much. Let's like let's go. So what else can we expect? Well, um, there are some things that are actually kind of confirmed for the most part, and I'm actually going to be pulling up an article here. Uh, I'm I'm taking a lazy route out and pulling up an article by Kirk McKeend at vg247.com he's gonna uh he highlights some of the things that we can expect in announcements go over uh to vg247 and look up game awards 2018 what game announcements to expect when to watch and more give them the credit for this uh article here so let's talk about what's what could be happening so here's what's been hinted so far alien blackout 
So back in January, Cold Iron Studios was acquired by a subsidiary of Fox, owner of Alien License, and announced it was working on a game set within the universe. We're all excited to be working on such a storied franchise, studio head Craig Zinkovich said at the time. To explore areas of the universe that fans haven't gotten to experience, to put a game in that setting is incredible. The game appears to be some kind of online shooter, but details are vague at the moment. Um... So why do we think it will be at the Game Awards? The official Game Awards Twitter recently altered its cover photo to read, Worlds Will Change, and the writing looks especially similar to Wayland yutani Corporation font from Alien Fiction. So that's really interesting. Um, that would be sweet. You know, the last Alien game we saw was Alien Isolation on the current gen. I actually never got an opportunity to play that, but you know, Alien games have had, um, they've been hit, and, hit or miss, Alien Colonial Marines obviously was the big miss in the in the series, but it'd be sweet to see, you know, an Alien Games to end off this generation. We only got a couple years left, so that'd be sweet if we had an announcement for that game and maybe saw it next year. I love Alien, and a good Alien video game would be dope, so that'd be really cool. Um, this article also highlights Superman World's Finest, um, but I, I hate to say it. So here's the thing. <laughs> Uh, I'll just read the article. It's been rumored for a while that Rocksteady is working on a new DC game. After all, it's been a while since Arkham Knight, and we haven't heard a peep out of the studio outside of Arkham VR, which was most likely a side project. Superman World's Finest popped up on Game System System Requirements, a site dedicated to listing PC minimum and recommended specs for games. The site previously listed Devil May Cry 5 ahead of its announcement, though the game had been rumored for a while. Superman's World Finest previously popped up in a 4chan leak, but it looked about as real as ghost poop. <laughs> At the time, the leak said the game would be an open-world action title that featured Superman, Batman, and Robin. Interestingly, a comic of the same name does feature all three superheroes. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. Uh, Rockstar's kind of already confirmed that they are in in the process of developing a game and that they have nothing to announce at this moment and that when they're ready to announce their new game, they, they're like, you'll be the first to know. And then they're like, P.S., it's not a Superman game. So they've kind of debunked this rumor already. So I just wanted to, to talk about that. Um, if, you, if you had heard rumblings that there could be a Superman game coming at the Game Awards, um, our chances just decrease. So there's that. Um, but here's one that is pretty much confirmed. So Obsidian's new RPG. Uh, this one is 100% going to be at the Game Awards. Though Obsidian recently got bought by Microsoft, this game seems to be whatever the studio was working on with 2K before the acquisition. Obsidian recently put out a series of teases on its site, along with a countdown timer to the Game Awards 2018. The teases don't give away much, showing some in-game advertisements, but they appear to point at some kind of retro-futuristic sci-fi game. I'd take an RPG in the XCOM universe. I don't know about you, development is being led by Fallout co-creators Tim Kane and Leonard Oyarsky. So, when I saw the, the art that was teased by Obsidian, I kind of, it's definitely kind of sci-fi related. Um, there's a picture of a, a kind of like a sci-fi looking gun, and there's a banner below it that says, it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's choice order yours today. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of kind of the art you would see in the Bioshock games. So I'm thinking it's kind of some sort of like sci-fi, steampunk, cyberpunk type game. Maybe not. That's just kind of what I, my impressions were on the art. Um, of course, you can look them up for yourself, but I'm really excited. Obsidian, um, as mentioned, 
were the ones behind Fallout New Vegas. Uh, some Fallout fans would say that is the best Fallout game. And so they're no strangers to making RPGs. As mentioned, Obsidian was picked up by Microsoft. That's a, that's a big win for Microsoft getting a, a big studio like Obsidian. But this is a game that was well in development before you know Microsoft acquired Obsidian. So this is not going to be an exclusive to the Xbox console. This is going to be a game that's probably multi-plat, uh, but you can expect that it's going to be pushing a bigger run on Xbox and it's going to be highlighted on the Xbox platforms based on that connection. So there's that. And then lastly, Death Stranding. So it's not a reveal, but we've already been told that there will be also be updates on existing games at the Game Awards. Jeff Keighley and Death Stranding director Hideo Kojima's close relationship has been highly publicized, and the Game Awards had ha, has previously been the place where we got new trailers for the mysterious game. Hopefully we can finally get some proper gameplay so we can tell what the hell it's all about. So that's something that I would predict as well. Like mentioned, they Jeff and Hideo have a very close personal relationship together they're always posting pictures on instagram and twitter and that stuff and so i'm really hoping that we get some more we, we've seen the biggest look that we've got so far at e3 this past year we actually got a bit of gameplay but again we have no clue what this game's about we have no idea when it's going to come out if this is even going to launch on the ps4 or if it's going to be a new game but I, I can highly highly commit the idea that I'm, I'm totally for this game I don't know what it's about but there's something about it that's so intriguing to me I love the trailers that have been released so far they're so mysterious this weird cool world uh, behind the mind of Hideo Kojima is is really intriguing to me and so I will love to see what would be my dream is if we got to see some really you know, structured gameplay, not just kind of cinematics of gameplay, pre-rendered gameplay. If we got to see some actual gameplay or got more of, you know, an overlook or a, a, narr a narration over gameplay that kind of talks about Death Stranding and what the objectives are in this game, that would be really sweet because then I could kind of get behind it even more because I'll, I'll know what it's actually about and what you do in the game. And then of course, it would be just great to get a release date on this game. It was announced such a long time ago um, that I think people are getting a little tired of waiting to hear what this game is. But on the other side of things, kind of like I've said previously on this podcast, I'm totally fine with just seeing more about this game. This game takes 10 more years. That's okay. As long as I get, you know, every six months or not, even less than maybe every three to four months, I get some sort of trailer. I get a little piece um, because it's cool because it leads, you know, all these fan theories, all these conspiracy theories on what this game actually is and kind of the, the conversation around this game is really exciting. So I'm super pumped. I'm crossing my fingers that that's all I'm waiting for on the show. That's all I'm going to be really worried about. So those are ones that you can kind of expect as highlighted in that article, but some things that I would love to see if I could just pick anything, um, one would be a remaster Zelda collection of some sort. So it would be impossible to port every single Zelda game onto the Switch in one collection, but I think they could kind of do it, um, kind of split them up into categories. So 
you have your 2D Zelda games and you have your 3D Zelda games. I think some of the older Zelda games, like we already have Zelda 1 and, you know, Zelda 2 can make their way on the Nintendo Switch Online service with the NES Classics. And if we see NS and SNES Classics making their way onto Nintendo Switch Online, you know, we could get um, the, the Zelda game from there. And... You know, moving on to Nintendo 64, I think they could do a collection that way. They could do an uh, Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask collection, maybe. Then I think they could do like a collection of Skyward Sword and, sorry, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Because Wind Waker and Twilight Princess were remastered for the Wii U. Skyward Sword would need a lot. Uh, if you caught last week's episode, I talked about the Skyward Sword rumor. It's been confirmed that Nintendo said we're not working on any sort of port for Skyward Sword right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean any everything. Um, Nintendo's been known to say, "Oh, we're not doing that," and then it actually turned out they were. They were so. Let's you you still have to kind of take that little thing that they say with a grain of salt, just as you might have to take the rumor about a Skyward Sword HD remaster with a grain of salt. So it would be sweet. If we saw like an HD collection of those three games. Um, but yeah, honestly, I think it's just like a win. You know, the Zelda franchise is such a big franchise. All they would have to do is port these games. And I, I love how I'm talking about like it's just, you know, drop one file over onto this file and you've, you're done. You know, call it a day. It's obviously a lot more work than that. But that would be really sweet. If I could have anything, it would be have some sort of Zelda HD collection remaster on my Switch so I can play Zelda games on the go. That'd be sweet. Um, another thing that would be cool is to see more of Halo Infinite from Xbox. Um, I don't see this happening just because Halo Infinite was just announced this year at E3. I don't even know if Halo Infinite is going to launch on this generation's Xbox. That might be a next-gen game, but that would be really cool to see. Um, I don't think we're good from Microsoft. I don't think we're going to see anything from Gears because we saw a lot of that at E3. I think they'll wait till next E3 to kind of, you know, fully announce release dates and everything like that for that game. I think we'll see more of um, what's on the horizon right now for for Xbox. I don't think we'll see, you know, announcements on new games that are being developed by some of these studios that are... Um, had just been um, bought by Microsoft and acquired by Microsoft. I don't see any of that. If anything, we might see Microsoft kind of talk about, um, you know what? I Yeah, to be honest with you, I think that that's it. My, this isn't a big press conference. I think they're going to say, you know, uh, Microsoft has that big studio, the initiative, which is supposed to be like Microsoft's, you know, naughty dog you know, Sony has studios like Naughty Dog that create these really awesome single-player narrative story games. I the, the initiative is a studio that is just built up full of talent from the industry. I think that we're going to see whatever that project or game that that studio is working on at an E3 or something. We're not going to see anything more than that. And then we might just get some small filler games. I think we're going to see, you know, probably two or three smaller announcements that we did not uh, even know were being developed. And some of these announcements are going to be total misses that things that's like, okay, cool, I guess. That's great. Doesn't really look too interesting. Unfortunately, that happens from time to time. And then there's going to be a couple games that we had absolutely no idea 
and uh, they're going to blow our minds. So hopefully that's what it's at. Next week we're going to talk all about everything that happened at the Game Awards, uh, including some of the winners as well as the major announcements. So that's what next week's show is going to look like. So make sure you come back and listen to see if I was right about all these things I predicted. It'll be fun to see. So that's this week's episode. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate every time you guys listen to the show. It it really, really motivates me. It really makes me feel good on the content I'm creating. Your feedback is really appreciated. If you have thoughts and comments on the show, you can email me at the email address gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. To end off the show, I do a segment, Question of the Week. And this week has kind of been a, a question that's been ongoing for the last two episodes. And I want you guys to write into me your favorite games of 2018. What was your overall favorite game of 2018? What was your favorite shooter? What was your favorite sports game? That kind of stuff. Um, I'm saving an episode at the very end of the year, uh, like December, if not maybe even into January, to talk about my favorite games of 2018 because I wanted to wait for Super Smash Brothers to release and I wanted some more time to kind of finalize my list. And of course, you can expect... uh, Kind of a summary of my specific list of my games I really like to 2018. Uh, you can find a smaller sample of that probably over on my YouTube channel. I'll do a video talking about the best games of 2018 in my eyes. So again, write, write whatever games you you enjoyed in 2018 to that email address, games are from podcast at gmail.com or comment on this podcast episode. You can also hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. At Instagram, I'm at games are from podcast, Twitter at games are fun underscore and then just search for games are fun on facebook and you should be able to find the page thank you very much for listening to this week's episode we'll talk to you guys next tuesday see you later